And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. And our sponsors today brought to you by Spotify. You can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify also has a huge catalog of shows on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite shows so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for the Inspire Before We Expire podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of the Inspire Before We Expire show. Let's get it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire podcast. I am your founder and host, Terrell Something. Guys, I just wanted to say I'm very grateful, graceful, and thankful to be here yet another day that's never promised. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can just take some time, take a moment, close your eyes, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Take five to ten seconds and just let everything go that's been holding you back. Now open your eyes and know that today and the rest of the week will be a great, great way to know that you can grow. No matter where you are, no matter the circumstance or the situation, there's always somebody out there willing to aid and give you a hand up. May not be a hand out, but a hand up. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to take some time to subscribe to the Inspire Before We Inspire as we come to you each and every week with the exclusive Today, I have a special treat for you guys. Oh, man, I'm very excited about this. Before we was able to get on this interview, I was able to chop it up with this gentleman. Man, Rizzy from Philadelphia, PA is where he's residing right now. Has 21 years of experience in the credit world. Has helped clients raise their scores from 400 to 600. They were able to buy their first home. How impressive was, is that, right? Also has helped clients raise their scores from 750 to, I mean, 650, pardon me, to 750 and get million dollar lines of credit. Is the president of the Credit Blueprint Repair and has a A rating with a vetted bureau. This guy's known as the credit card 
the God credit card of the Godfather, the Godfather of Network. Guys, I really want you to really stand up because I'm about to introduce him, but I just want to say, when one door once was closed, another one will be open. So if you are looking to buy a home, if you are looking to get your car, if you're just looking to grow in life, credit is the way. But make sure there's somebody out there, like this gentleman I'm about to introduce is going to be genuinely there to help you, guide you to that 850. Guys, I introduce you to God, Carl Scaramuza. Carl, how you doing today, good brother? What's up, Rel? I appreciate that very nice intro. And I just closed my eyes for a second, and that exercise just helped me, man, because, you know, sometimes you got to slow things down and just be grateful for where you're at right now and what you have in another day. So that's a nice little exercise. I like what you just said, too. Um, a lot of people are looking for handouts in life, and I think you used the word hand down. So I, I like the way that you you worded that. That's absolutely right, you know. Um, a lot of people looking for free free stuff, free handouts. And there's free stuff out there. You can go on Google, YouTube. You can find a lot of free stuff. But I like the hand down. That's a that's a nice way to put that, man. I appreciate you. Uh, and I also appreciate you hunting me down. I got to give you credit, Rel. Uh, I'm not an easy man to get in touch with, not, not, uh, not on a level like this. So nice job working the DMs on Instagram um, and being persistent with that because you can make a lot of money following up with people's a lot of money in the follow-up. So Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. You're more than welcome, brother. I'm so glad you was able to devote time and be here with us today, man. So, Carl, for those who may know you, may not know you, man, if you can really just give us a background of you and who yeah. you are, man, where you come from, that'd be awesome. Well, we're going, we're going deep. We're going way back, Ralph. You could. It's your show right now, man. You know, you, you were a guest on the show, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my, my, my background, I come from a lower – middle-class family, uh, you know, in the suburbs of the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, at a young age, my, um, my, my parents got divorced. And, um, I remember at the time my mom had come to me, I was 10 or 11 years old and I had two younger brothers, a year younger and three years younger. And she said something that, you know, I'll never forget to this day, man. She said, um, you know, I'm leaving your dad. And um, not only do I want a divorce, I'm leaving your dad, but you and your brothers, mind you, 10, you know, nine and eight years old, you got to choose. You either live with me or you live with your dad. So I had a little bit of time to, you know, make my decision. And I remember feeling like a lot of pressure and anxiety. And as I reflect back on her asking that question now, it pisses me off. I'm mad. Uh, but, 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 but back then, there was just anxiety, like man, I got to go tell my mom I'm either living with her or I got to go tell my dad I'll never see him again. So I took some time, came back and met with my mom and I said, I'm, I'm going to live with dad. And uh, I chose my dad and she was emotionless. She said, okay, that's your choice. And of course, my two younger brothers, they followed uh, my footsteps with me. And uh, we started on a new journey without my mom. And my relationship with her to this day would never be the same. And it really kind of uh, altered, changed my life when I was 10 or 11. And, and the reason why is it made me grow up real fast. Uh, you know, my dad, when we went through this divorce, was uh, in love with my mom. So, he, you know, of course, he was uh, emotionally destroyed that someone said they didn't love him anymore. And because he was just so, like, emotionally destroyed, uh, he leaned a lot on me. So uh, when I was 10, 11 years old, man, like, I got robbed of my youth. 
Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't having fun anymore. Like shit got real serious because you know, it was me kind of raising my two younger brothers, like making sure nobody's beating them up, making sure that they have food, making sure they got on the bus on time. You know, are they doing their homework? You know, all that stuff that a dad should be doing. You know, he leaned on me because he was just, he was beside himself for a long time. Um, so my life changed forever, man. I, I started, I had to grow up at a young age. However, a lot of, a lot of good stuff came from that. Like I, there's not no bitterness at all. Um, you know, that him entrusting like a lot of faith in me at a young age, he used to say this all the time, Ralph. he used to say, junior, handle it. And, uh, you know, I remember at the time it didn't, it didn't sound good, but he still says that to this day. He says, I always knew you could handle, you can handle more pressure. You can handle risk. You can handle adversity. So I used to tell you at a young age, man, just handle it. And that's what I did. I would just handle stuff. And that helped me. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. But as I started to grow my business, start my business, grow my business, I was able to handle uh, adversity. I was able to handle stuff that was coming at me, punches, kicks, jabs, whatever, uh, you know, because he, he instilled a lot of faith in me at, at a young age. So um, that, that's, my, that's my upbringing is, you know, single parent, my dad. And then um, what happened was about 18, I had an opportunity to move in with uh, my uncle. So let me set the scene with my aunt and uncle, which is my dad's brother. I'm 18 years old. And um, mind you, we come from a lower middle class family. So we were fighting over one box of cereal and old milk that my dad would have had in there for a week. Like there was not a lot of food in the house. Uh, you know, we didn't have nice clothes, man. We, we did not live uh, high on the horse growing up. So my uncle offers me a job and a chance to move in his house when I'm 18. So I jump all over it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my aunt and uncle, really rich uh, at the time, they owned a lot of real estate and they were very well respected. They had a lot of power in South Philadelphia, in the community, uh, yeah. in, pa in Packer Park actually. So I moved in with them and they became like my financial role models when I was 18. Like, bro, they didn't tell me what to do, but they showed me. I saw the tailored suits. I saw the Movado watches. I saw them traveling down to Florida every other weekend. You know, I saw that stuff and I fell in love with that type of lifestyle and I wanted it. And uh, they, they made me believe that it was possible. Um, you know, so they became my financial role models growing up and I'm still very, very close with them uh, to this day. So, you know, and then from there I got into the, uh, I got into a basketball scholarship. Oh, you know, we skipped over high school. High school almost flunked out of high school. Uh, 700 in my SATs, uh, just got C's, went to summer school, you know, a bunch of times. Like I barely got through high school and not because I was dumb, just cause I wasn't interested. Like I, I just didn't have any interest in high school at all. Um, and then I ended up getting a basketball scholarship to a junior college with, uh, mind you some good people, but, but not the smartest guys in the world. So we weren't the smartest bunch in the world. Everybody there with the exception of me should have played division one basketball, but the grades were so bad they couldn't play division one basketball. So I get a little scholarship there and I blow my knee out after one year and I get an opportunity to jump into the mortgage industry. And uh, one of my friends said, Hey man, we could teach you how to sell mortgages. We'll teach you how to sell. That was it, man. I got into sales. I got into mortgages, got a, you know, nice eight, $9,000 check, like a couple months into it. Got myself a Lexus ES350, uh, and that was really my birth in in the in the credit industry. That's how. Wow, it wow, man! I really enjoyed you saying that from the beginning, man. Honestly, I really loved that. That's what I love about this journey, man, and love about this show itself. You come on, you just share that, 
you know, honestly, from going from, you know, choosing between your mother and your father and then living with your, your, your aunt and your aunt and teaching them, helping you teach, teach you the game and everything like that is impressive. And just leading to certain events that lead, lead you to become who you are today. It starts from a very, very young age. So, uh, Carl, what did you learn from that experience, man? What was the most valuable thing you learned from that experience? Hmm. Well, success leaves clues. So when I got around my aunt, my uncle, you know, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people will uh, get in situations where someone has a lot of money or a nice car and they feel like they're not worthy. And I learned at, at a young age, I felt like it felt like where I was supposed to be. Like it felt normal to me. I was supposed to be at the nice hotels. I was supposed to be at the five star dinners. Like all that stuff felt normal to me. Uh, but it was just a little shift because in the beginning it didn't feel normal right. uh, just because a lot of people don't feel worthy. So the two things that I really take from, you know, growing up back then is you, you're worth way more than you think. You have to feel really worthy of great things that are going to happen to you, great things that are going to come into your life. You have to feel worthy and ready to accept that stuff. Right. Um, you know, and then success leaves clues. You want to be around successful people, like whether you got to pay them whether you want to go to their retreats, whether you want them to mentor you, uh, whether you're getting their podcasts, books, you got to get around successful people because it leaves clues. They got there before you did, just like my aunt and my uncle. My aunt and my uncle, they built this empire, and I watched what they were doing, and I picked up little clues and how they were able to use their personalities and leverage uh, money and leverage their credit. I watched them do it, and I was like, wow, okay. so. There you go. Absolutely. That's powerful, man. Honestly. So watching them made you really dive into this, this, this journey of credit, man. But coming from the mortgage uh, background as well, I really think it's important, man. And that's something that, you know, most people that's listening from the Inspire Before We Expire community is for you guys to really take notes, you know, honestly, and implement it to your life. Because there's always that one or two per people that come into your life and help you really see your true worth to see that you value, to see that you are somebody, honestly. And it really helps you in the long run, which helped Carl as he discussed, as he talked about his journey and where it really started for him. You know, so Carl, if you can really dive into, man, um, your company, um, you know, and everything like that, and exactly uh, when it first was established, and just your consistency, man. I just really enjoy hearing you, man, honestly. So that'd be, that'd be great, man, honestly, because these people really need to smart enough to really listen. Yeah. So let's talk about, I think it's, uh, it will help your audience with how I started my business because yeah. there you you know, go. it takes a lot of guts to, um, to start a business. As a matter of fact, in 2008, so I told you I got a basketball scholarship. I'm in the mortgage business um, from 1998 to 2008. Made a lot of money, made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, and I had a big chip on my shoulder and an ego. And, um, you know, well, I, I, I wasn't the greatest person uh, when I was making all that money. So, uh, and I didn't do bad things. I was just cocky, right? Like, I just thought I, I, thought, I, thought I was better than everyone, man. I really did. So, uh, and a lot of people, this is, a, this is I'm going to take a sidestep here. A lot of people on your journey to success are only going to remember the bad things about you. They're not going to remember what you're doing now, constantly evolving and trying to get more and be better every single day. And those are the type of people that live in the past and who you were in the past 
that they can't ever get past that. You'll never be past that person, that cocky, uh, confident person that uh, some people didn't like. So, you know, so anyway, I, I, 2008, the market's bad and I lose a lot of income. I go from make a couple hundred thousand dollars to making under six figures. And I jumped out of the, uh, I jumped out of the mortgage business. I started doing some credit stuff and, um, it was going pretty well. I had partnered up with another guy who already owned a company and uh, he taught me a lot about credit. So I learned a lot from him during that time frame. Uh, but I, I, my wife at the time was working for us. So I owned a piece of the company and she was, she was working like the front desk and helping out with the customers with credit. And she said to me, she said, you know, you could do this on your own. I said, are you crazy? Like I, I got a 700 on my SATs. I don't know anything about businesses. I'm learning credit repair because I'm at this company. And at the time, Rel, we had had some other partners come in that made uh, an injection of capital. They, they made a couple hundred thousand dollar investment and bought a piece of the company. And like we had these plans of like scaling this thing from like a million to like many, many millions. So I, I thought like I hit the lottery at the time. Like, man, I own a piece of a company that well, I'm going to sell one day for many millions. This is, this is super exciting. And my wife was the smart one, man. She was the one. She said, you don't need these guys. You can do this on your own. Uh, and we can do it better. Not only do it on your own to be greedy. It wasn't about being greedy. It was we could actually do it better because I didn't like what they were doing. They, they, they weren't doing really helping people, man. They, were, they would collect all the money up front. And they wouldn't help the people. They didn't care about the people's journey. They, they, they were just, they didn't do a good job. So she said, you could do it yourself. So anyway, I, I do. Um, I, I called them all in a board meeting and I said, I'm, I'm leaving you guys. And they go, well, you have a non-compete. And you know what a non-compete is? It means like I can't do anything in the credit space for a couple of years after I leave them. And um, I said, I don't care. I'm leaving. I don't care about a non-compete. I'm taking all my relationships. I'm going to start my own thing. Thanks, guys. I don't want any money. You don't have to buy me out. I'm gone. Mm. And uh, I, I, at the time, Rel, let me set the scene. So I had just come out of 2008. The market was bad. I got a house that's $300,000. I got no money in the bank. Uh, I got a Mercedes CLK 550. I got a nice car, a nice house, and no money in the bank. And I decided I'm going to leave. So the day I left was about 24 hours later. And remember, when I left, that table, they were playing hardball. They said, you have a non-compete. You're not starting another business. And I got a phone call from one of the owners. He said, hey, man, we'll release you from the non-compete. Best of luck. Just on like, I don't know, man. Some, uh, somebody came down from the heavens and touched me on the shoulders and, and they let me out of the non-compete just, just on good faith. So I start the company with like a very optimistic mindset that I am going to start a company and I'm going to make money right away. I guess what happens? I don't, make money. I don't make money right away. You know, six months into it and I'm going, I just messed up, man. I just, I just totally dropped the ball. Uh, I, I want to go running back to this other company. So uh, what happens is, is I start losing stuff. I had to let the mortgage payments go. I had to let the car go. All right. So think about the irony behind that. A credit guy who's currently has a repossession going with his car. They're trying to take my car. And they're trying to take my house. They're foreclosing on my house, right? Not a good look for a credit guy, right? Not, not the best look, right? Um, but I knew that I was helping people. So I just kept powering through it. And I just kept believing that 
this is going to, this is going to catch on. P people are going to start hearing about what I'm doing and the right people are going to find me uh, and, and they're going to start sending me business and my business is going to blow up. And that's what happened, man. It was like seven, eight months into it. And, um, you know, when I was doing right by people, I was really helping them with their credit. And I started to get a reputation like, oh, Carl can help people with the credit. Carl can help people, you know, credit Carl, credit Carl. And then, <laughs> oh, that's how that was born. Yo, credit Carl, yo, credit Carl, can you help yeah. me with my credit? So uh, that's how my company was born in 2011, Credit Blueprint. And uh, I did it on my own with the help of my wife. And, um, you know, I, I was able to rebound and fix my own credit and build my bank account back up. And now my, my journey is so much, so much bigger than me and, and where I started at, you know. Absolutely, man. That's powerful. You're just talking about that, man. Honestly, from being with this company and then going ahead and having faith to start your own company, there's so much power from that, honestly, because it doesn't come to you right away. It won't happen overnight or a week. But as you stay consistent and just believe in where this can take you, and as you said, now look, create a, a, a straight transformation because your wife was there. She was your number one supporter. She led you and helped you throughout that, um, throughout each step that you took to being able to start your own company, man. And it's, it's crazy. Like now you're helping me many more people because you learn from that experience. So yeah. girl, man, um, let me stop right. Let me stop you for a second, bro. I want to add to that too. So like, that's what inspires me to do more. I mean, look, a lot of people don't have anyone in their corner. I know them. I've met them. I have people here that work for me that have no one in their corner. Like, Nobody wants them to win. Nobody wants them to succeed. And that's, that's depressing, man. That sucks. And I really want to, me, when I'm taking my brand national, I want to be that person because I actually had advantages, right? I mean, we weren't rich, but I did come from a dad who did believe in me at a young age and told me to handle it because he knew I'd always figure it out. I also had that with my partner, with my wife, my ride or die. Like she always believed in me. She always said, you're better than this. There's something bigger out there for you. So people don't have that, man. And it's, and it sucks because, you know, where are the parents at, man? Where are the brothers? Where, where, where are their sisters? Like where are the people that are telling them that they're worth more and they could do more? And, and that's uh, part of my social, social media journey. I love inspiring people to, you know, to want more and get more and be there in their corner. So. Absolutely. So what do you feel like is your greatest strength, man, as just a credit expert, man? And what do you feel like you need to really improve on now? Well, two things. I mean, I want to add to what you said. I like the consistency thing because I, I believe that defines me. My, my first thing is expertise. Uh, you know, you can't experience is it's invaluable. So for 21 years that I've been doing this, I've seen every different scenario. There's not a scenario that I would stump me and go, I don't know how to fix that. Mm -hmm. I can fix every different scenario as long as you can answer this question with your credit. Is mm -hmm. the worst behind you? If the worst is behind you, I can get your credit back on track and get it operating at a high level. But, but you know, my success right now uh, and my continued success because I'm just starting is just consistency. It's, it's, that's the thing that I see in young people. And I don't like to label people, Rel. Like, I, I don't like labeling millennials, Gen Z's, like I, I'm not a big fan of that. Like you're just younger, you're 20, you're 25, whatever you are, you're 18, right? So, but what I see with younger people, wildly inconsistent, um, you know, and I can name a bunch of names that are in sometimes my inner circle and they just, they're just not consistent with their business. They're in, they're wishy-washy, they're out, they're traveling. And with me, the consistency really changed. So over the last five years, I said, I'm gonna get up early. And I'm going to give myself an hour in the morning and I'm going to visualize 
where I'll be in five months, five years, 50 years from now. I'm going to visualize all of that. Like I can, I can visual in the morning. I can literally see the end. Like I'm, I'm on my deathbed. I'm there with my kids and my wife and we made it. We did it. Like I visualize all that. And then from there, uh, I get into my morning routine. I'm running. I got the blood flowing. I'm working out. And then I detach myself from any visualization from there. And then I'm right in the moment. I'm trying to get the most out of the day. I'm trying to dominate the day. I'm trying to inspire before I expire. Right. So with that said, like that morning routine, the consistency of that morning routine is, is, is just makes me, you know, that much better to handle the day because I, I gotta say this, right? Like my dad, he was emotionally hijacked on a day-to-day basis when we were growing up. Like if you cut him off, you're driving on the road, you cut him off, he'll jump out the car and fight you, fist fight you, cut you. Like that's just the way he was. Like he couldn't handle his emotions. And I, I noticed that about myself. So like if I get out of bed and I don't start it on my terms and it's like I'm not in a good space meditating and visualizing and running and doing that stuff, man, I'm all of a sudden like 12 o'clock, I'm having a bad day, you know? So I know, that I know my strengths and my weaknesses and I know that I, that I owe myself that morning routine being consistent with it is huge. So true. Consistency is, is, is key, man, and it brings commitment. So Carl, man, honestly, you're on fire, brother. Your first time being on the show, you're devoting so much value to this, man. Um, honestly, like my next question for you, man, for those, like you said, younger people that's really looking to start to build their, 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 their credit, like what direction would you lead them to? Like what are some steps you would help them to, to really get started? Because we know in order to get ahead, we must get started. So what is some advice you would give to those who just in that scared space? Yeah. Yeah, well, credit's the primary tool to creating wealth. So if you want something more with your life and you want to create wealth, you want to have this giant net worth like a celebrity like Kim Kardashian, or you want to go after what I'm going after, which is if you look at my hat, F you money, like, you know, that's not to tell anyone to go F themselves. It's just, you know, that that came from, you know, sitting around the, the table when I was younger. My, my, my uh, grandma and grandpa, they got off the boat from Italy, hardcore Italian. And that's what they used to say. They used to say, oh, that guy's got a few money. He's got, he could tell people to go F himself. But, you know, to me, it's just a reminder that I'm always going after something, something big. Um, and everything I'm going after big, the foundation is credit. You can't skip that step. Every rich person that I've ever interviewed on my podcast, my OPM show, anyone that I've been around uh, at retreats, uh, anything like that, they all leverage their credit score either in the beginning to start their business or they leveraged it to grow their business to a billion, you know, $1.5 billion. I know a guy that leveraged his credit score the whole way. So, you know, can you get into the game of making money without good credit? Sure, but you're very limited. Credit, having a great personal credit score is an accelerator to really grow your money and increase your net worth. So, what can people do? I want to make sure I hammer home the importance of credit. So what can people do? Well, you know, you always got to check with the experts for sure. I'm, I'm not going to pitch myself or anyone else, but credit's a very dangerous thing. And I'll tell you why. I use this from all the time. You know that Pete Rock song, I reminisce? Reminisce, yeah. reminisce, right? Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Yeah. Like he, one of my favorite songs growing up, 1992. And he says in that, uh, and I run my own business like my Aunt Joyce. So I always use that line. I say, look, credit's one of those things where something that's good for you, Rel, might not be good for something else. Might Like your Aunt Joyce 
Something might have worked for her. Something might have worked for your brother or your coworker, and that might be bad advice for you. So you always want an expert to really look at your credit and go, this is what you need to do to be successful with your credit. Now, let's say you're hard-headed, and that goes in one ear and out the other, or you're younger. I'm not going to label millennials, but they like to learn. They like to go on YouTube and find information, and I just caution them a little bit because, you know, sometimes I'll say something on Instagram. You see me on Instagram, right? And I'll say something, and I'll get a current customer call up and say, hey, should I do that? No, you should not do that. That's actually not good for your credit. That's bad for your credit, you know? So, but what people can do to start to build credit, got to have credit cards. Credit cards are huge. Credit cards are 30% of your credit score. So like it's, I've never met anyone that's had great credit, like 700 plus scores and they don't have credit cards. It's absolutely impossible. So the foundation, you got to start with getting credit cards. Now there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can piggyback off of someone that already has great credit, like a parent. You know, you can go to a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle and have them add you as what's called an authorized user. That's a good way. Now, I got to caution you when you do that because if you get added as an authorized user to someone else's card and there's a late payment in the last, like, let's say two years, or maybe they're maxed out on the credit card, like maybe it's a $10,000 limit and they owe $8,000 on it, you don't want to get added to that card. So you want to be really careful about whose card you get added to. Uh, and then there's also future things like authorized users are dangerous because let's say it's a parent that's doing really well right now. And then this next downturn happens, which is coming. It's inevitable. When the next downturn happens, you're still on the credit card. They fall behind on the credit card and your credit goes to crap. So you got to be careful with authorized users. But it's a good way to basically hijack someone's credit for 10 to 20 years. And that becomes your credit. You get that credit history and you get an instant boost in your scores. So I'll give another tip too. You got to add credit cards. Credit Karma is a great site. Credit Karma is not a great site for what your credit scores are. So looking at the this, this credit scores on Credit Karma, they're going to be like inflated. They're not going to be the same score that a lender looks at or that an auto lender looks at, a mortgage company. It's different scores. But what Credit Karma does well is they'll actually give you approval odds based on your credit scores for what credit card you qualify for. So if you put your information in that app, it'll say, okay, you have excellent chance of getting this Capital One credit card. Now, you know, credit, credit karma gets paid. Like that's a link that's linked to them and they get a commission on it, but they do have all your data and it is pretty accurate. It works 90% of the time. So that's a good way to start to build credit is credit cards. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, man. So what are some roadblocks you mostly run into with your clients, man? Keep it motivated. Um, you know, we learned this through the years when I started in 2011, there's a lot of people that would get excited on the first phone call about fixing their credit. You know, they wanted more. They were tired of renting. They wanted to own a house. And maybe three, three months, four months, they'd fizzle, fizzle out. And we just couldn't figure out what. We said, is this just that type of client? Like, why are they not allowing us to get them to the finish line? So what we did here is um, we built coaches, like accountability credit coaches, and we're quick to act. Like if you signed up for my credit restoration, credit repair program today, you get a call today. Somebody would call you and say, hey, welcome to the program. Boom, boom, boom. Like here's what's going to happen. Here's the expectations. Um, and we really hold their hand. So it's every like two weeks, 30 days, we're reaching out. Um, we're giving them a strategy, holding their hand. Um, some tough loves involved, Rel. Like some of them we got, 
you got to beat up a little bit, man. Some of them you got to say, look, you're not going to get results unless you do X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. that accountability coaching is what is helping us get our clients from where they're at now to having the best credit so they can buy a house or get business funding or get a vehicle, right? Uh, or get a credit card. Dude, life's hard. how hard is life without credit? Like you can't travel, you're riding the bus, you can't get the job you're looking for sometimes, you can't start that business. I mean, it's just hard, man. It's just hard. It's just or if you're or if you if you had bad, good credit and now your credit's bad and you got a vehicle with a lease that's expiring, you got to renew like it's just hard. You want to rent? Like, guess what? You want to own a, a, a business. They're going to look at your credit if you want to lease a place. You know, so it's just, it's just difficult, man. You don't want to have bad credit. You want to have great credit. Absolutely. I love it, man. Um, also, like, where can they, you mentioned your website. You said accountability coaching. I think that's a turn, that's a turn of a good thing as well, man, because a lot of credit card companies doesn't have that. So you got, I checked the website out, guys, and guys is listening, ladies as well. Listen, if you are looking to really increase the credit um, and credit, increase your credit score and just your life in general to being able to generate wealth, listen, work with my guy, man. Reach out to his team. So where can they find you at, brother? Oh, I mean, Instagram's always the best. You know, I do – I get so much business, so much love, so much stuff going on on Instagram. So it's credit.carl. You saw me respond to your DM. Um, you know, I don't have any robots in there. I, I do my best to respond to – you know, whatever, 30, 40 DMs coming over a day, I'll respond to them. And, um, you know, I try to connect with the people. And every once in a while, well, I'll pick up the phone, man. You know, I'll pick up the phone and say, hey, it's me. And they go, uh, no way I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to Credit Carl. You are, you know, and they, they've been watching me. They've been watching me for six months, right? And they're, they're, they're in, they're bought in, man. Like they want better credit. They know they need better credit. And it's, it's beautiful uh, conversation to have to connect with people. Um, hey, I think a supporter just shot you out because uh, I'm recording you from the uh, story. Grant Doherty from uh, Bureau Beach. Say yeah. My man, yep. Grant, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. He said, Credit Carl. Uh, I had him on the show too. Oh, did you? Good yeah. man. He's a good man. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, hey, man, Carl, you're so, you're so driven, man. And just, you just came so far. We come from the same level of woods, a similar you know, city or so. And it's always good, man, to connect with people, man. It's just really adding value to, to the communities and to people who need it most. And that's what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, honestly. And what I've, what I've learned from this interview is you took a lot from your aunts, your uncles, and, and scenes that you heard, like food money. You turned it into a brand. You know what I mean? You turned it into a business. So it's always something in front of us to allow us to continue to keep us pushing forward despite what we may face or despite who's around us may not support that journey because nobody around you want to go hard for you as much as you go hard for you, honestly. So, Carl, my next question is, man, what was the most game-changing event that occurred? It could be in life. It could be the 21 years of experience as a credit expert in the business. But what was that event that occurred, and what did you learn from it most, and how did it transform you to be this dominant person you are today, man? I want to, I just want to add to something you said, you will eventually start to attract the right people when you're consistent, right? Uh, the, the people are, that are on the journey right now, you can't take them along with you. What Nipsey, Hup, uh, Nipsey Hustle say, he said, you, I can't take everybody with me, man. You know, so, and that's true. You can't take everybody with you, but once you, once you're consistent, you got your message out there and you're inspiring people just like you, Rel, the right people will start to find you.
right? The right people that are going to be on your corner along this journey will, will start to show themselves. So, so true. Yeah. So going back to your, um, your question, one, one event that kind of changed my life, you know, I, I would say, you know, I was just telling this story earlier. Like I, I, I you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I mean, I almost quit on this business about four years ago. So, you know, and we were doing really well, you know? Uh, so if I started the business in 2011, about four years ago, and um, I, I wanted to quit because, you know, I felt like no, no one was giving us credit. It felt like I was helping people, but they wouldn't give me the review or they, they wouldn't like tell anyone else about me. And it just felt thankless. So I just felt like, what am I doing this for? Like, if no one's ever going to, you know, acknowledge what I did for them, how my company helped them fix their credit, what am I doing, man? And um, I took this little like journey where I started working 20 hours a week and I was golfing 20 hours a week. And I was at a private country club and we were playing big money holes, Rel. Like we were playing $100 a hole because uh, my business was still doing good. I had money, but... Um, and I did that for like about a two year span, about a year and a half span. And um, it opened my eyes to number one, golf will be there when I'm 50 or 60. I, I don't need to, I don't need to fit in a hundred rounds of golf. Okay. Number one. Um, and then number two, I said, you know, my business income went from a good amount and it went lower. Like I actually lost money the next year because my focus wasn't on the business. I say it all the time, wherever your focus goes, the money flows. So true. Right? I stopped focusing on selling and being a part of my business and I was focused on golf. Guess what happened to my golf game? Got real good, man. I got real good. I went down to a two handicap and I, I could play some golf. Now, my business suffered. So what it made me realize is, is I got to go back into this business and I'm not ready to quit this business. And I, that's when I started the social media quest and I said, I, well, people maybe don't know how to thank me. So let me set up my Facebook page and set up my Instagram page uh, and let them know, hey, I'm here, you know, and, and give them an opportunity to, to, to tell other people that I help them. Uh, but in the meantime, let me just start dropping free information on them. And that, and that, like that social media changed everything for me because, you know, it got me inspired back to my business again and made me realize that, man, if I just focus on growing my business and helping people and inspiring people, I can't lose. It's game over, man. So I had to go. Point is, is I had to go through that journey. I don't, there's no regrets. I had to go through a course in my business and my life four years ago where I golfed and I didn't pay a lot of attention to my business to get to where I'm at right now, which is a friggin' freight train. I won't be denied my message. I got this. I want to impact five to 10 million people with their credit and get them thinking bigger. And I just won't be denied right now. And it's fun, man. I'm having fun. Absolutely, man. I love the rage. I love the fire. I love the energy, man. You came, brother, from the beginning to now, man, honestly, and I really appreciate that. Hey, Carl, I do this every interview, man. I show gratitude to those who devote time to be on the show. So I really wanted to show some really credit, uh, some gratitude towards you, man, for being here. You had a meeting early. You, should, you, you, you still showed up to the fullest, and you coming hard, man. So much value from this interview where people will really be impacted by this interview all around the world, honestly, man, young, old, middle-aged, whatever it may be, man, honestly, because 
this is something that's going to help them in the long run with credit, with life, with business, with understanding, with love. And knowing that this doesn't come overnight, but honestly, guys, like Carl said earlier, if you're being consistent, the right people come in your life to help you understand more. So as he shared his third story about focusing on God, but knowing he had this business because he wasn't getting the recognition that he was looking for. But it's one thing that leads us to social media. And social media has also been a drastic change in my life as well. It's the power of social media. If you're using it in a power positive tool and you're using it with something that you're knowing that, man, I'm going to use this because I know I want to get this place in life. I know I want to impact these people. I know I want to inspire my community that's back there in the quarter hugs and alleyways that don't have no other way. I know that I'm going to do this, so I got to take the time to take the step and take the extra mile, which Carl did today. And I just want to take some time to say thank you, man, honestly, for being here being present and showing it up, showing up, man, honestly, to the fullest, the brother. That's from here. What do you hear me? Like, honestly. I appreciate you, Ralph. Look, I, I appreciate you inspiring people before they expire, man. Just just that podcast name alone. <laughs> His money makes me want to listen to it. And I uh, appreciate you, man. Indeed. Hey, Carl, man, you you in a great spot, man. So, like, I know that you have a sign, you have meeting after meeting, you, you have a lot of people, a lot of responsibility, man. Like, what keeps you grounded the most, man? How do you really stay focused along this, man? Yeah, man, that's a tough one for me. I've, I've always had a chip on my shoulder, and it's probably my biggest weakness, Rel. Um, but my kids keep me grounded. My, my kids really keep me grounded, and the more that I, I, I'm, I'm grateful I feel like it, it really keeps me around. Like, I, you know, to me, when I was making money and I was cocky, like I just, there was always this sense of entitlement. I don't feel that way right now. I just feel very grateful to be in a position where I can inspire people and I totally didn't quit on this and kept going. So, you know, all those stories are inspiring. People that I talk to every single day that, you know, you know it's funny, Rel, because sometimes you don't, People don't say anything, man. Six months goes by, eight months goes by, and then we'll get an email. Hey, man, you inspired me to do more. You guys helped me fix my credit, and now I own six rental properties and three daycares. You're like, you know, and like then no one said anything for like a couple years, you know, man. That and that stuff just makes me smile, man. So, anyway, this, this movement's bigger than me, bigger than Credit Carl. Absolutely. And for those who are on that journey and working on a credit, those that's listening and they're, they are improving, they are advancing, they are getting everything they desire. What advice would you give them to help them keep that, like stay as far as maintain and sustain that high score? To keep the credit scores going? Yeah, to keep like say yeah. they get to 750 or 800 yeah. like, to sustain and keep increasing. Yeah, well, one two things. One of the things I do um, is always set all my bills on automatic bill pay, you know, because you okay. can't have late payments. So, so I, like, I look, this Friday comes up, I'll be thinking about not my car payment, my Mercedes payment. Okay. Not at all, but that thing's set up where it automatically comes out. I don't ever have to think about it, you know? So, so that's the one thing that like, people that have great credit as they have that in common, like all their bills that show up on their credit report, their car, their mortgage, their credit cards, their student loans is set up to where it comes out of their bank account automatically. Now, the other thing that people could do to really get their credit to the next level, maintain it, maintain it, plus get it to the next level. Because let's not forget, scores range from 300 to 850. So if you got a 700, there's another level you can get to, man. You can get to 800, you can get to 825, you, can get to, you can't get to 850. I've never seen eight, I've seen 842 is the highest, <laughs> highest FICO score I've ever seen. Um, but they can ask for line increases, Ralph. So uh, like a credit line increase. So if you have a credit card right now, 
Call the credit card company up if you got a 700 score and say, hey, I want another five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 because the higher your credit limits are, the higher your credit scores are going to go. That's the way it works. So true. So true. I'm relating to it a lot because I, I made those moves, man. It's damn good, too. I'm going to be real. For my young people, I'm 26. Yeah. I've been on this journey, too, like working on my credit for about two and a half years, man. I came across the right individual to really make it happen. Carl had years and years of experience, guys. Like I said, please go over to his website. Please go ahead and follow him, too, as well, on Instagram. Guys, I hope you're really enjoying this interview because this is a game changer. Carl, if you can go ahead and pick up this magic phone, man, and call your 20-year-old self, man, and really tell him something different, what would that five-minute conversation be like? Hmm. Good question, Ralph. I'm talking to my 20-year-old self. Yeah, man, I would say just, you know, the gratitude thing, man. I, I was so ungrateful for the longest time and the sense of entitlement. So I, I would definitely tell myself, like, you know, like gr just gratitude, how much it means to me in the morning and how much it saves some of my afternoons right now. Like sometimes three o'clock, I'm going, Oh man, I had enough, man. Uh, and then it's that, that little exercise that you just did. Like, I'm not bullshit. Like, that's a good exercise, man. I do that. You close your eyes, you breathe. There's people not breathing right now, man. There's people six feet under. So, you know, don't take shit for granted that you're going to be here tomorrow because you might not. So be in the moment, be grateful for what you have right now. And um, that's what I would have told myself. Absolutely. I love that gratitude, man. A grateful heart becomes a faithful heart. Honestly, I was once there too. Carl, what are you mostly proud of, man? Like, what are you just in life general? What are you mostly proud of? I mean, you know, it's fun watching my daughters right now. I mean, um, you know, they're, uh, they're 12 and 15. So, uh, you know, that I'm like a celebrity at their schools. You know, people, <laughs> like, you know it's, uh, it's like, we, it's weird. It's really weird. You know, take, kids taking pictures of me and DMing me and, you know, I'm inspiring them and they're, they're 12 years old. I'm like, wow, I'm, I can't believe it, man. I'm humbled. So that's cool. So it's fun watching my daughters, you know, cause I'm divorced. So, um, I'm all, I only see my daughters half the time. So think about this, bro. Like if you watch me on my story, they watch me on my story. So even though I'm not with them half the time, they know exactly what I'm doing. And when I see them, you know, they want to do what I did, they want to go to the coffee shop. They want to go for a run. You know, they want to go to the mall. You know, they want to record a video with me. I mean, they just, you know, and they, cause it's like, they can see everything I got going on in my story. And, uh, it's fun that, uh, that I get to take them along uh, this this journey with me right now. Indeed, that's powerful. Shout out to your baby girls too, man. Honestly, you know, but you can't blame the young ones looking at you like you. You know, you just because you you came a long way. Honestly, it wasn't given to you, wasn't spoon fed. You came a long way to build your corporation and build your organization. I see from afar that you have a good relationship with your team, your employees, and stuff like that. Building them each and every day. I just think that's powerful, man. Like, honestly, in years from now, you're going to look at something and look at how your kids grew up. They knowing that, man, daddy provided for us. Daddy made sure everything was good. Daddy made sure we ain't missing no meal. Despite our struggle, despite our trouble, he's still been there as a father should. So you have to really, you know, really say thank you to yourself as well because you're saying thank you to enough people, man. Like, honestly, you know, and, and I really think, man, it's, it's powerful, this thing called life. I'm sitting here by the lake right now. 
um, and just really soaking in that as we really talking on this interview, good brother. So, Carl, do you, what do you feel like, man? I'm just let you really have a stage because I know we got a couple more minutes left. What do you feel like, man? You just really want to say to the people right now something on your mind, and so just feel feel free to go deep. And if you're looking at, I mean, one, you're you know you're worth way more than you think. Um, you know, if you're looking at your bank account right now and there's no money in there. Uh, you know, you're looking at a dead end job or, or people are telling you that you can't do this. You can't do that. You know, uh, your credit's not good right now. Like you're worth way more than you think you're worth, you know, and that's why I do this stuff. Cause I want to inspire. I want you to get your credit right. Cause it's not about having a 700, 800 score just to tell people you have that. That's something that score that you can use as a weapon to actually get you out of being broke and poor. I did it myself, man, and I've helped thousands of people do it. So you're worth way more than you think. The other thing I would say to people is, man, just outwork everybody. Like, there's no shortcuts. It goes back to that wildly inconsistent young people that I know right now. But you just got to outwork everyone, man. Like, there, there's, there's no accelerators or shortcuts. I mean, sometimes – I contradict myself and I say credit is a shortcut and it can be, you know, when you're growing businesses and stuff like that though. But like, there's no shortcuts, man. You, you, you just got to outwork everyone. You, you just got to work around the clock and outwork people. Um, and then when the dust settles, see what I like people get so wrapped up in like the four hour work week book and trying to create multiple revenue streams so they don't have to work and they can sit on the beach. No, nah, man, look, yeah, you know, I, I'm not Elon Musk. I'm not that smart. I got this one business. So there's a lot of false statistics out there. Like millionaires have seven different streams of income. Look, most millionaires, 90% of millionaires had one thing they did really good at. Niche will get you rich. So they did one thing really good, sold that thing or make tons of money with it. And then they started looking at multiple streams. You don't look at multiple streams, you know, when you're young, trying to do 15 different things at once and you're not good at any of them. You're just okay. Get really good at one thing. Go real deep on that one thing and then outwork everyone and pick your head up when the dust settles and see what happens. Absolutely. That's powerful, brother. Honestly, I love that. That one thing, that niche becomes you be, get you rich you'll get you rich that's my boy yeah. judge graham says that yep <laughs> hey man i love it your brother this this we're gonna look at this interview man 10 years from now brother just smile you know when i if i connect with you back when i go visit family back in philly or connect with you maybe in another state or overseas somewhere maybe at a big event together man honestly your brother like honestly gonna look at this and know that we was able to really share this with the universe not just credit, but just life itself. So when it's all said and done, Carl, what do you really want to be remembered for? Like what mostly do you really want to be remembered for? You know, I, I told you I can see the end. And I gave a speech earlier this year and, and my wife was in the stands and she said, don't say the end. Like use something different. Don't I use deathbed. That's what I use. I said, I can see me on deathbed. She goes, no, say end of the road. But when I do my visualization, the end of the road, I'm there laying in the bed. My wife's there. My kids are there. Their husbands, all my grandkids, everyone's there. My nieces and nephews. And wow. there's, some tear, there's some tears. There's some laughter. And I said, guys, don't cry. Like, we did it. We got the juice out of life. I'm going to leave you guys generational wealth. And I had an impact on millions of people. I could see myself on stage 
people shaking my hand, telling me that I changed the course of their financial life and uh, just having an impact on all those people on being able to leave my daughters with something that I was never going to be left with. And that's, uh, that would be very, very powerful to me. Oh man, I love that. I know the people felt that too. That will be, Hey Carl, we about to, we about to get out of here in a few, man. Um, so what's next for you in this upcoming year? You know, uh, we got some like retreats. I'm just doing some smaller retreats that I'm speaking at like 10, 20 people, you know, make the investment in yourself this year. I told you success leaves clues. So if like, you know, I always say, uh, top three high producing assets that you can invest in are your business, real estate. And if you don't know anything about starting a business or you don't know anything about real estate, the third thing that you can invest in is yourself. And what I mean by that is get to retreats, get around successful people that have done something that you haven't done and figure out what they're doing and try to duplicate it. So I got a lot, I got some retreats coming up. I got some speaking engagements, uh, working on a book proposal right now that, that that's, that takes forever with the book stuff. Um, and just looking to just continue to be ridiculously consistent making content on social media. Like, you know, putting out two, three things a day. I got camera guys following me around all the time. Like, how do I constantly produce content to influence people so they can tell their friends about me and their friends about me and, and I could grow this thing as big as possible, you know? Absolutely, Carl, man. I just go days and days chopping it up with you, man. Honestly, good brother. You know, um, but I love that you said the best investment you can make is you. Because we all don't have, we, we all don't have it all. We never will. But at the same time, we can grow if we desire to grow. Social media is there. Life is there. Support is there. It takes for us to make the step. What's the greatest advice you ever received in life? And we're going to cut it a little bit. Huh. You know, not that I can, I don't know if I could say life though, but I could say just recently, uh, humble. Okay. You know, my, my, I told you my uncle, my financial role model growing up, I had dinner with him a couple of weeks ago and I always ask him, I'll go, <clears throat> what advice can you give me? And this is going on about a year right now, Rel, where he don't give me any advice. He goes, what am I going to tell you, man? You're killing it right now. Like everyone's watching. Everyone can't believe what you're doing. You're killing it. So last week I asked him again, I said, what advice would you give me as I move forward on this journey? And he goes, be humble. I go, I think I am humble. He goes, look, man, everybody don't know who you are. Stop assuming everybody knows who you are and go out and act like it's your first day. Be humble. And I go, you're right. You're right. So I just, I just love that advice because it was so true. I, I always, I just assume, hey, but this, everybody knows who I am, man. I'm credit, go credit Carl, but they don't. So, and I like that. It keeps me, uh, keeps a fire burning too, you know? Indeed, my man, Carl. Hey, Carl, if you can share your website, your business website, your Instagram, your social media, everything else these yep. good people can contact you with. If you want a free consultation, just call my office up, 610-768-8048. The consultation's free. Um, our company website is creditblueprint.net. That's my company, Credit Blueprint. Facebook is Credit Blueprint Credit Coaching. And then if you really want some special treatment, uh, you know, credit.carl on Instagram and just put in there, hey man, heard you on the Inspire Before We Expire podcast with my man Terrell. And um, I'll try to personally give you a call and see if we can do a consultation and get your credit back on track. Absolutely. Hey Carl, man, it's, it's, been, it's been an absolute honor. Like, honestly, I must say it's been an absolute honor with you. 
thank you for really showing up and being present, man. You've really poured so much into this. And I know that it just means mean, mean a lot to me or to the listeners and to those that was in um that was tuned in from Instagram and everything, yep. but just to you as well, something you can really remember. Guys, 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 guys. This interview here has been mind blown. So much value from this. Like, remember, focus on that one niche. Remember, if you are improving your credit, remember, use the automatic payments, use that system, use those methods, and continue to grow, continue to increase, continue to seek for good people. Do not be afraid to ask, what is some good advice you can give me? What are some great advice you can give me? Because it's gonna help you in the long run. Honestly, guys. Remember to go ahead and connect with my guy, Carl. Credit Carl from Philadelphia, PA. My guy came a long way, inspiring millions around the world today. So if you listen to this, and you and your friend, maybe at the gym, maybe at the airport, maybe at school for my younger people, make sure to implement this and share and pass it down because that's what we're doing this time of year. We're paying it forward. I'm Terrell Sumter. This is my guy, Credit Carl, the godfather of credit. <laughs> Connect with them, guys. And this is the inspire before we expire and we're out. Woo!